And, you know, with addiction rampant in the homeless population, that comes out of desperation, right? Having no hope. Well, let's say you give somebody $2,000 a month that is literally living beside a dumpster. Imagine the impact you're going to give and how you can make a difference for yourself, for the better, your family, and the community around you. Run a small trucking company, right? It was a fucking tough slog every day of the week. The Tykeens podcast contains language that may be offensive to your sensibilities. Viewer and listener discretion is advised. Welcome back to the podcast. This week, we're going to talk about universal basic income, all the flaws and all the benefits. Stay tuned, find out, enjoy the show. To the podcast, I'm Ty Keens. Today, we're going to talk about universal basic income. Now, I've covered this before many, many fucking episodes ago, and it was in relation to the job guarantee. Well, I wanted to focus a little bit more on just the UBI or the universal basic income specifically. Um, What is a UBI? Well, UBI is a payment from the government. Um, probably each month for it, but it could be every six months. It could be once a year um, to every individual in a national country. Now, this means nobody's excluded. Okay. doesn't matter how much you earn. It doesn't matter, um, you know, what color you are, uh, what background you have. It is universal. Okay. So that's a universal basic income. So you'd get a check and you'd have extra money to spend each month. Um, sounds great. Now, there are fucking critics of the UBI. And the, the biggest criticism is that it's inflationary. Now, I'm here to debunk that, okay? You cannot use that argument if you are a heterodox-leaning economist or a heterodox-leaning person that... Um, looks into economics. And why is that? Now, the argument is that a UBI doesn't boost production, but in fact, it does boost production. Now, I've watched on the internet, specifically on Twitter or X, which you can find me on X at Tykeens, that, you know, the job guarantee, which is a big... um policy prescription for MMTers offers a price anchor. It involves production, whereas the UBI would just be inflationary. There's no price anchor attached to it. I'm not going to get into the job guarantee or the critiques I have for it. And just to be, you know, forthright here, a job guarantee would be great. Um, it wouldn't really provide a, much of a, an anchor to wages or prices or anything like that because the people participating in it versus the private sector would just be small and minuscule. Uh, but that's, that's a whole nother story. So how does the UBI increase production? Well, you think about it this way. The government can just, you know, give money out. It, it creates a currency. We all know that if you've been watching me over the last three months doing this podcast or watching the Steve Keen and 
friends live stream, you will know the government can create currency. So we decide we're going to start this UBI. The government can, you know, pay out these checks at will, just like they did during COVID. Um, so you get your check, and we'll say it's once a month, and we'll say it's $2,000 a month. Now, there's been arguments, oh, well, how do you know what the uh, what you give out each month? Well, that's pretty easy. What do people need? Do they need $1,000 in aggregate? All people do they need $2,000. What's going to make a difference in their life, right? And what's available for sale in the aggregate economy? So you get a person gets some money. They're not going to spend it all at once. Lower income people will have a higher or um, a lower time constant. Lower time constant mathematically means they're going to spend this money faster. Richer people are going to spend it slower. So they spend it and it goes to a firm. Now the argument is, well, firms will just, you know, mark up prices, you know, and um, they'll gouge people and they'll collect all that extra income and the rich people will get it all. Now, I've run a business, and the, the bottom line is, is I want to provide capacity to my customers. That's what I do. I'm not raising prices to drive people to the competition. That's not how, how the economy works. Despite if, you, you know, whatever you say, if you're one of those rogue economists uh, or rogue scholars, and, you know, everything's a Trojan horse to you, the bottom line is what firms actually do is they take that additional income that they begin to earn from basic income. And there's always extra capacity in the economy to expand your capital base. So if you have a capital stock, you might be running at around average 80%. Well, there's room for expansion. Nobody builds a fucking factory and operating at 100% just so their business grows and they're fucking hooped and they got to build another factory. That's stupid, okay? Wherever you hear that, that's stupid. So you get the firms get the extra money, okay? And they decide, okay, well, should we raise prices and just drive our customers to the competition? No, what they're going to do is invest that money into their production to expand their production. So it could be buying new machines in their factory, it could be building another factory. They are going to invest in their fixed capital stock with this additional money. Sure, some of it's going to go to the CEO. Some of it's going to go to shareholders. That's part of our capitalistic world. That's how capitalism works. But they are going to expand their capacity to produce goods. So people will use the basic income, the extra money they're getting to buy the things they want. So that's how universal basic income boosts production. Now, another side effect is when companies invest in their fixed capital stock, that it gives them the ability to create more output. In order to create more output that the machinery can't do, they've got to hire more employees. So not only does a basic income give the freedom to individuals to pursue the things they love, but it also opens up additional employment opportunities. This is universal basic income. It is easy versus other policies to employ. All the government, government's got to do is 
write some checks and send them in the mail. Or the, nowadays, they can just do it electronically, right? Um, this is why I'm in favor for a job guarantee versus, you know, other programs that I think should exist, like um, a job guarantee. And I'm not mentioning basic services. So I come from a country, Canada, where we have basic services. So I am I'm I have this unique viewpoint versus Americans and all other Canadians. Um, okay, we have basic services, but we need basic income. And all people need basic income. Why do all people need basic income politically? Okay, let's not live in pie in the sky ideas. There is no way we're going to ever approve like a national universe, uh, basic income if some people get it and other people don't. Too hard. That's way too much logistics for anybody to handle. So let's just give it a blanket. Okay. Blanket, universal basic income, taxable. So higher earners are good. It's going to go back into government revenue, right? So it'll extinguish, you know, additional deposits um, that build up in the rich people, for the rich people. Now, you you try to employ a a job guarantee that takes, uh, you know, it's, it's provided by the federal government, but it's administered by local regional governments. It's going to take decades to put together. Okay. And not to mention that in order to have a job guarantee, you need a capital stock of equipment so people can use um, this job guarantee. So the job guarantee is designed um, in, for, for economic downturns so people have a job, a right to a job. And it's something I agree with. I think in a small scale, it could be employed. But it does require capital stock. And a capital stock, when it's not being used, has a cost. And that cost is depreciation. Okay? So it's exploiting resources. It's not going to be used all the time. It's going to depreciate. So it has to be maintained. Okay? It's a very, very complicated policy, social policy. So a UBI should be in place long before job guarantee. UBI is going to help people right away. It's going to help businesses, small to large, grow because they're going to have bigger fucking profits. Okay, That's a good thing. What are they going to do with that profits? Well, the CEO or the business owner is going to make more money. That's, that's what we like in capitalist societies. They're also going to turn around and invest in their productive capacity to expand um, output. Okay. Expanding output means expanding employment. Expanding employment generally means re- rising wages. Okay. This is why the, the uh, UBI is, is critical in this day and age. Having the UBI in place. So when we start in, we, we are reaching, you know, some Climate, climate impediments. So there will come a time where we're going to want people to stay home. Okay? And this is where the UBI will change. Okay? So right now, I advocate for a UBI so people can buy things. 
People are going to buy things. Firms are going to make more profits. Firms are going to expand with their profits, their capacity to create output. More output requires more employment opportunities for the workers. When climate change really starts getting bad, and it's it's getting bad, but when it gets really fucking bad, we're going to want people to stay home, not consume, you know, basically lower their carbon footprint. And also, we're going to want firms to do that. And you may be asking, but if we're, if we're giving people a UBI, that's going to encourage people to buy things. Well, when people are compelled to stay home, so this is when the UBI changes. So, you know, we start a UBI now and people are still allowed to go to work and do their normal things. But in the future, we're going to have to say, no, you're going to stay home. Grow a garden if you can. You know, stay at home, work on research projects, become like community thinkers. By staying home, businesses will go out of business. Carbon footprint will go down. People will have this UBI, and you're saying, well, then they'll have nothing to spend it on, or prices will be really high. Bingo! That's the point. There is no sustainability in our future. We've overshot that. It's long gone. 80s, 90s, we passed it. Long gone. If you can't fucking accept that, that's on you. The data has been around for 20 fucking years now. So UBI, really great to keep people at home. They could spend that money on food. So we devote, as other industries shut down, carbon-intensive industries, we'd still devote our resources to agriculture because we need to eat as a human species. So you could still buy food, still be affordable. Other things that are shutting down would, be quick, would quickly become unaffordable. If not, just not for sale at all. Okay. The UBI would be that safety net when you tell somebody to go home, you're still going to have money to buy food. So there's still going to be passionate people that want to go out and grow food and solve that problem because we're going to have a fucking problem. Right. But other people are just going to be able to stay home and do some serious fucking systems thinking. And systems thinking is, you know, here's the thing. We all fucking go to work every day. And most of us, you know, working jobs. We have no fucking time to sit and look at causal loops, diagrams, right? And understand how the world works. Okay. But when you're at home, you're going to have some time to do that. Okay. And how you can make a difference for yourself, for the better, your family, and the community around you. So that may involve growing your own garden. It may involve uh, doing a community garden. It may involve, you know, being artistic, right? And making your community a happy, happier place because you're interconnected with other people. Because right? I suspect we won't have technology. You know, I was talking to Dan Sanderson. You know, we often talk about, you know, as we move into the future, and we're going to have to curtail consumption. There's no way around it. You can't green technology your way out of it. Solar panels, 
require energy extraction. You got to dig up the fucking ground, right? And destroy the environment. You just can't do it. You can't do it with 10 billion people on this planet. Get it through your fucking thick heads. Okay. It's not a, a catastrophizing anything. It's just reality now. It's just reality. It is happening. Right. What's the saying? You can't have your cake and eat it too. That's the fucking reality. So UBI, you'd have the comfort of knowing you could buy food. As people are at home, they're going to start creating arts and crafts, right? They might be building their own handmade guitars, right? Might be building gadgets, you know, their own gadgets, right? Own battery technology and solar technology that is sustainable, right? So your, your, your neighbor might be able to sell you something, right? So the, the, it gives you a piece of happiness. We also have to learn to adjust, you know. We cannot be happy with our material standard of living. We need to be happy with our quality of life, okay? That's what the UBI will bring us, right? And that's, I don't mean to say the end times, but that's the times ahead of us. And if we have a UBI, a UBI in place, going to make everything a lot easier. The people are getting the credits they need to purchase food, purchase shelter, the essentials. It doesn't mean um, that we're not going to be happy. Okay, It doesn't mean we're not going to be happy because we don't have all the bullshit that we go and buy and a week later, you know, it's in the back corner somewhere and we never give it a fucking second thought again. We can still be happy. So let's dial it back. Let's dial it back. And let's first and foremost debunk the inflation myth. The inflation myth with universal basic income. Look at COVID. It was inflationary. Here we had in Canada, we had CERB. Okay, so it was a check, you know. I think it was $2,000 a month. People had to stay home temporarily. It was inflationary. Not because of the fact that this was additional money being printed, created, accounted for. It's because we reduced output. What we did is we had a capital stock and we said, people, you got to stay at home. We're shutting down factories, non-essential stuff. That lowered the capital utilization rate. That lowered output. That, lower, of course, involved lowering employment. Okay, so now we have less supply. Okay, and we have the maintained level of income. So people were getting their CERB payments um, to stay at home. Arguments could be made because of the supply constraints globally and domestically, along with maintaining the income level, which involved creating money was inflationary. We start a UBI now. We're not telling people to stay at home from their jobs. So companies are going to make this money. Okay. They're going to take the additional profits and they're going to invest it in their factories. Okay. They're going to invest it in their storefronts. They're going to invest it in machines. They're going to buy a new factory. They're going to buy a new store, put a new store up. They're going to hire more workers. 
they're going to create more output. So output will go up as the universal basic income money comes into the economy. That's not the definition of inflation. That's the definition of economic growth. Right? That is another way of the government investing in the economy. So investing in firms. It's the exact same thing in aggregate if you model it. Profits go up. Except now, instead of the government, now there are things the government does well, like, you know, it might, you know, on a local level, it needs to build roads, a regional level, but it might get federal funding for that, you know, for the greater good of society, the interstate uh, highway network down in the United States, right? Those things are good. But now with the UBI, instead of the government making the choice, the people, the individual can make the choice for what's better for them. And I'll tell you, people aren't just going to stay home. We're not going to give people, you know, $20,000 a month, right? We're going to give them an appropriate amount of money so they can use it to consume. You know, higher earning income people are going to lose a lot of it to tax anyways. They might drive it into assets. Whatever. Who cares? It's just fucking, it's just shit accounted for, right? So, sure, rich people drive it into the equity markets. Well, hey, if you're a small-time person, you got that extra money too, you can buy some extra toilet paper. And while you're at it, go uh, sign up to a broker, put your money into the uh, stock market. (laughs) Right? It's going to go up. Rich people are going to use any additional money that they get from a UBI that isn't taxed away from them. Dump it into assets. Right? And here's another thing is we just simply haven't tried these things, you know, so the world would be a better place with a UBI than without the world would be a better place with the job guarantee than without the United States would be a lot better if they had, you know, universal health care like Canada, they'd be a lot happier, right? The world would be a better place. So one of my, the things that really fucking grinds my gears is this bickering back and forth between uh, the job guarantee is better than UBI. No, the UBI is better than the job guarantee. No, universal basic services better than UBI. It depends on the country. For one, what needs to come first? Two, if you're not doing any of them, bickering about which one's better, go for the one that's going to be politically um, acceptable. Yeah. And I'll tell you, for down in the States, what's the easiest acceptable thing? It's government just giving out UBI. Even before basic services. Because there's a whole infrastructure and logistics behind that. Before the job guarantee, which is incredibly logistically complicated because you're dealing with multiple layers of government. right? And you have got to have a capital stock to keep that program going. right? So how big is that capital stock, right? Something small, you know, and, you know, not necessarily turning into some sort of job fair, you know, but something small that the federal government's giving out a job guarantee would be great. Like, have all three, you know, have the three, have all three, you know, aim for that, strive for that. But let's just start with something that's, you know, most palatable, 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 blah, 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 blah. 
let's just start with something that politically is going to be accepted. Yeah. And what, what, what is politically acceptable in our societies now? This sucks to say it, but it's the easy thing. Well, the easy thing is for the government to, they already do it. They cut checks all the time, right? And I've already gone through the process with you to tell you that it, the UBI actually creates jobs. It creates output. It boosts the um, capital stock, right? And it provides a basic income for everybody, right? Because there's inequality going on right now. You know, the workers aren't getting any richer, you know? This includes people that are homeless right now. They would have access to getting a check, you know? And, you know, with addiction rampant in the homeless population, that comes out of desperation, right? Having no hope. Well, let's say you give somebody $2,000 a month that is literally living beside a dumpster. Imagine the impact you're going to give to them. Imagine the impact that $2,000 is for a working person. Imagine that impact to local businesses. Now they're making more money. And I've run a small trucking company, right? It was a fucking tough slog every day of the week. Imagine that small business owner, right? So... There is no excuse um, to belittle. If you're from the heterodox side, um, there is no reason why you should, you know, be going off on your Trojan horse rants, right? And your fucking thick-headed fucking ideas, right? Maybe, Maybe it's time you just took a little break and don't do live streams for a few years. You know who I'm talking about, right? Before you fucking critique something because you're stuck in your own head about the way things work, right? When anybody around you can come run fucking circles around you, right? Use your platform, whoever you are out there. Use your platform to, perfo- to promote Something for the greater good of the community. And if it hasn't been tried yet, let's fucking try it. Let's try a UBI. Let's try a job guarantee. Down in the States, let's get some basic services. Promote it all. Go. Go forth with it all. Right? Any idea on the table. Just bickering which one's better. Well, guess what? The neoliberals, you know, the hardcore neoliberals, well, they win. Right. They win. Laid it out for you, you know, the benefits of a UBI. The unknown. Remember Donald Rumsfeld, you know, there are no unknowns we know about. Then there are unknown knowns that we don't know, that we do know about. Then there are unknown unknowns that we don't know about. There are things that we don't know until we try them. 
Here's an example. It is a risk. It was a risk 20 years ago to, to go into Afghanistan and Iraq. There were unknown unknowns, as Donald Rumsfeld famous, famously said. Okay? And the consequences were, were dire. Okay? You can question a policy like that. It makes, intuitively, it makes sense to question that. What it doesn't make sense is questioning a policy like the UBI. Let's just do it. We could do it. Let's just do it. And as things unfold, we'll adjust. Because it's got to be better than the world we're living in now. You can find me on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. I'm all over that. Find me at tykeens.com. You can find my models there. I've got a ton of them going. Find my blogs there. You know, you can get extended blogs at my Patreon, patreon.com slash tykeens. Find me on YouTube at tykeens. X, formerly known as Twitter, at tykeens. I'm all over the place. I'm going to be here every week. Letting you know what's up. I like it. I like it a lot. We got Carrie King this coming weekend. If you're listening to the podcast tomorrow on the Stephen Friends live stream, that's going to be exciting. And if you're watching this on YouTube, which will be on a Sunday, well, guess what? That live stream came out the day before. Go check it out at Prof Steve Keen. I will see you next week. Bye bye.